Hey guys, welcome back to the Advanced Man Podcast. Today, we are going to finish off our interview with Cam Fraser. Quick little side note, we got off the topic of sexuality here. So um, stay tuned. We get pretty deep into society and structures and systemized masculinity issues. And it's phenomenal how I talk about sex and men can lead to this. But for me, that's the potency of what we do and, and what we share. So stay tuned, guys. We're going to finish off our interview with Cam Fraser. And uh, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and that follow button pending on where you're listening to this podcast see you inside yeah and it's interesting like this conversation i just saw this morning um a post you probably follow this guy um but i I also won't mention names uh but it was like you know men what you know he was asking men like what masculine traits in women do you find unattractive the (laughs) the reverse was like women what feminine traits in men do you find unattractive and i was like oh this will be interesting not mm. because I give a shit about yeah. that, but because, yeah. um, but because it'd be interesting to see what people say is a quote unquote feminine trait or what yeah. people say is quote unquote masculine trait in the opposite sex. Cause they're always like, it's negative shit, right? You're asking, what do you always. find unattractive? Yeah. And, um, and so like a lot of the stuff was like, oh, I, you know, I find men who are indecisive and who, are, you know, who just like, you know, are inattentive and shit like that. And I was like, okay, so is that what you see as feminine then? Do you, do you see, you know, femininity is being indecisive and not mm. and, and that letter was like you know uh being like being lazy was like one i was like oh so, so you see masculinity is like being lazy and i was like what where why are you for, like inherent within that question is like you starting to label traits mm. as certain things and you're labeling negative traits as those things as well and i i mm. get that like within this kind of polarity space there's light and dark or, or i think you know some people might use immature and mature masculine as well but um it just starts to get a little bit too like circle jerky in my it's, opinion you know it's and just constant it's a constant us versus them you know yeah, it's a totally constant man. us and them yeah, yeah no so I, do, I did i did see that post i did see that post and i do know that i do know that guy and he's i i i don't like him and yet i still follow him because like it's like i'm like addicted to the not liking him so watching his post <laughs> and being yeah, a, yeah. and being it's like it's a weird and i haven't fully figured it out yet but um but also he he put a he put a comment in there, right? There was like eighteen hundred comments. It was like a massive, it was a very high commenting post. Mm-hmm. It blew he, up, yeah. yeah. He did a post, like you said, around asking um men what the unhealthy masculine trait in women was. And I did a post a couple of months ago asking uh men, I was like, men, would you prefer a woman with big boobs, big fake boobs, or a woman that can cook? Right. And obviously it's a it's a charged question, okay? And I understand that. And you know, in the world of social media, we've got to bump up the algorithm every now and again. Um <laughs> but at the same time outrage clicks. Exactly. But at the same time, it, you know, everyone is allowed to have an opinion and a preference. Every and I think, you know, what I've seen recently is that lots like lots of men went up there and went cooking. I'd much rather a woman that can cook and clean and 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 you know, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, a vast majority of men also said, "Why not both?" <laughs> and a, a small percentage wanted wanted just boobs, you know. And I was like, "Okay, cool. You, I don't even care. You can have whatever you want." But what was interesting was the amount of women that got on there and abused me for posting the question, saying that I am dictating the value of a woman by having this post up and saying, you know, like I'm now controlling women because I have a preference that I would rather a woman that cooks that has big fake boobs and what a woman does with her body is up to her and blah. And it's, and yet when I ask the question to men, not a single man gets on there 
and berates the question or the, th- you know what I mean? It's like women are still, and this is going to potentially be triggering for some people, but Jake, well, I wouldn't I won't say his last name. The person <laughs> that did that post, he also made the same comment. He said, I just want to call attention to when I did this other question to men, women got on and went to town on, you can't control women and we get to do what we want and blah, 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 which you can, and you are, you are fully entitled to be whatever and whoever and act however you want. And everyone else is also entitled to engage with you, how they see fit in accordance to their values. And so, and vice versa. And it's just interesting how, when you ask a man's opinion about women, women will get very defensive, typically speaking, not all women, some women. And when you ask women questions about men, a lot of men will just take the advice and look at it and go, cool, okay, that's information. I will take that on board. And obviously there are no statistics to prove this, but I've experienced it on my social media. I witnessed it on this man's social media. It seems to be a more common theme that women feel like, and I get it from years of suppression in the past, but I don't believe we really, and there's still that trauma to move through, but we don't live in that current reality anymore. I don't feel like men are really trying to control women like they used to. And yet still, they all want a traditional man at the same time. And it's very, it's like, well, I'm, I get lost and confused in that myself sometimes. Yeah, I um, I know the the comment in the post that you're referencing as well. And, you know, I, I don't know about people wanting you know, traditional men. I'm, I have a sticking point with this idea of like wanting someone who's traditional. Mm. Because like who's traditions and how yeah. traditional? At what gen- what generations exactly yeah, like where are we going you know and are we talking like you know because a lot of times the, the term traditional gets associated with like 1940s 1950s traditions yep. Yep. um and uh and you know men beat their wives exactly yeah exactly and like if you exactly dinner, so like why do we you know so i'm so i have a real sticking point around like mm. wanting a traditional man or, or a quote, masculine man which is oftentimes conflated as traditional me too um, but, yeah, I'd be curious to know, like, what are your thoughts? I know you kind of, you mentioned it a little bit, but why, like, why do you think there's such a charge around questions like that for women compared to, to men? So, I, you know, in my, um, I see it as a pendulum swing, right? Like, a, like, so I look at myself, I was, um, quote unquote, a more unhealthy, dark, masculine man growing up, you know, driven by sex, driven by my emotions in an unhealthy way, you know, lots of anger, lots of insecurity, lots of doubts, and a lot of needing to prove myself very loud, very boisterous, very aggressive. And when I had my breakdown, I pendulum swung to the other side. And it was like, I became this, you know, I became a yoga teacher also, and I studied tantra, and I became, you know, a lover of light and meditation and vegetarian and practice breath work and listen to binaural beats and went to sound healings and and I did all that for a couple of years, you know? And so it was this pendulum swing from like what I considered to be unhealthily dark to what I now consider to be unhealthily light, you know, the, the conscious yogi loving spiritual man. I had the long hair, I had the beard, I had the whatever, uh, where the, wore the hippie pants. Um, and then, you know, it, it obviously it gave me two points of reference, which was good. And now I found my own, you know, like sometimes I need to be really dark. Sometimes I need to be really light and it does. I don't sit stationary in the middle. Maybe that's my default as much as I can, but I'm in a constant state of what's my environment. How do I need to show up when I'm 40 K's into a 50, 60 K run? 
I can't be this like love and light compassionate. Oh, I'm just going to stop and rest my body and be really calm. And it's like, no, I got to find that animal inside of me. That's like, you got 20 more Ks to go motherfucker. And we're not stopping and it hurts. Everything hurts and you can cry and you can bitch and you can moan, but we got 20 more Ks to go before we're done. And I need to find that in those moments. And then once I'm finished, I, then I can be like, okay, let's go sit in the ice bath. Let's go nourish my body with food. Let's, you know, then I can bring to the, the softness. And I think the same is true for the, you know, collective psyche of, of people that have felt suppressed. So they have felt suppressed for a long time. They swing to this over, over dominant, like you, everyone else is in the wrong. Now that we've got a voice, you know, it's our way or the highway. This is how it should be. And, you know, like that's just the human psyche of the human consciousness right now being like, okay, women were suppressed for a long time. Now they're overly empowered on many levels and, you know, that we will find some level of, okay, when women speak up, we need to listen, but that doesn't mean they're always right. And, you know, when men speak up, they're not always right. It's not their way or the highway. And so we'll find this kind of swing in the, in the pendulum. That's the way I kind of view it. It's just an overarching pendulum swing to try to recalibrate. Yeah. Like an overcorrection, you reckon? Yeah. 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 Like, like, like men. Of historical suppression. Exactly. And so, you know, there's a lot of unprocessed trauma, like, because I look at it in zoom out a different level, <laughs> like World War Two, World War One, the Cold War, the Vietnam War, uh, the Black Plague, you know, like in the it, since World War Two or since the Vietnam War, let's say, right, and the Cold War, we haven't really had at least not pushed on us in the Western world, you know, like obviously there's always wars going on. I know there's a war on terror and things like that, but there hasn't been a call to arms for the entire planet. And years ago, the world was way fucking harder to live in than it was, you know, like there wasn't enough food there. We didn't have soap, you know, people would die because they couldn't clean their hands after they went to the toilet, you know, like that's what a lot of the the diseases were on the planet. So life was harder. It was, it was literally harder. There was less food. There was less jobs. There was less everything. Our world is lot as much more abundant. Yes, there is a very poor diversification of, of, things, you know, money and food. I'm not going to deny that there are not people out there that are very struggling, uh, very much struggling. But because life is easier, the emotional resilience we had to have in the past, which, you know, like your granddad went to war and he would come home and he'd be like, don't fucking whinge because, you know, I got my leg blown off or my best friend. There was a, a level of emotional resilience that had to be built in order to survive. We don't have to deal with that. So what happens is all the generational trauma that it was experienced, that was never processed, it's now feeding through the bloodlines. And I feel like we now in a society where the government will pay you, give you home housing, food vouchers, you can sit at home on the internet and just and just feel all the fucking time. All of that stuff is coming to the surface and the whole world is trying to deal with with all the trauma from the past on a on a pseudo-spiritual level when you zoom out. That's kind of why I think there's an overcorrection. Yeah, I appreciate you speaking into that, man. And and you know, to at some at some level, I guess I agree with you. Like there, we do, we've got technology. You know, the technology to be able to have a much more cushy world um, for a lot of people. Um, but also, there's a lot of, um, as you mentioned as well, a lot of disparity in like access to that technology and being yeah. able to utilize that technology as well. So, yeah. you know, I think there was if we talk like stratification wise, like I think things were less stratified back, you know, 
last century, let's say, right? Yep. Um, and the divide between classes of people was, you know, like I said, less stratified. There was, there was much more homogenous. Yep. And over the last hundred years, we've seen like a pretty wide um, gap kind of start to, to um, you know, those margins have started to become quite more uh, pronounced. Uh, and so like, you know, I think that context is, is important because it's like we're seeing, you know, people make hundreds of billions of dollars, which we've never been able to do in our lifetime. But we're also seeing like 30 something percent of people being illiterate in the United States, which is, mm. you know, that historically hasn't been the case. That's like starting to become worse. Right. Mm. And so, like, and I'm using us as like a cauldron there sure. of, of this time. All the stats, all the stats come out of the U S yeah, anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like, so I think like in some ways, yeah, life is easier, but also in some ways life's fucking not. Um, and you know, and, and I, I, do understand what you mean with regards to like rallying behind something and like this kind of common enemy. I think there's this, I can't remember who said this quote, but it's like people can exist um, relatively well without a God, but people cannot really exist without a devil. Right. Mm -hmm. so this idea that like, if we've got like a, if we don't have a God figure, like a spiritual kind of like, you know, existential figure, that's fine. People will like get along. But like, if we don't have like an other, a mm -hmm. them mm -hmm. to attack and to rally behind, people start to lose their way a little bit because there's no collective energy. There's no gathering kind of force behind that. Um, and so I think like the shift has been like this almost like existential other, right? There's kind of like, it's almost like a little bit conspiratorial. It's like, you know, the big government or big fucking pharmaceuticals. It's like this abstract concept now that mm. is like what has started to be um, kind of, fluffed up as this enemy right as the thing that 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 the powers that be are trying to get us to kind of like gather behind mm -hmm. and rally against um and i think that's you know uh, i don't know where i'm going with this but I, I don't think that's helpful you know i don't think this idea of like painting this abstract figure i think you know and, and the reason why i bring that up i suppose is because like i see that rhetoric being used like there's this war on masculinity mm. right this is attack on you know on masculinity it's like what does that even fucking mean you know like there's and who is attacking it like there's this kind of like weird amorphous abstract kind of like enemy and so it puts guys i mean it puts all people but you know we're talking about men it puts men into this like state of like combativeness but like they're not sure who they're supposed to be combative against like mm. it's keeping them in this 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 kind of milieu of of like fear and they're coming for my masculinity they're trying to take you know, my manliness and it's like, well, no one, no one's really doing that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't see that at least in my opinion and in, in observations that I made, like that doesn't really seem to be a thing that's happening, but there's a lot of fear mongering around it, right? That's very real. And so that's putting, at least in my opinion, like people in this combative state and, um, and women as well. Like there's a whole narrative around like womanhood being raised and things like that. So, you know, women are experiencing a very similar situation where they're also being really combative, um, and then we've got people that are just like terminally online where you, everything's anonymized or at least, you know, there's the perception of anonymity. And we know that when we distance ourselves from the actual person we're speaking to, shit gets vitriolic, right? Shit gets hostile because people think they can just say whatever they want. It has no consequences. There's no emotional connection to the person you're speaking with. So I don't think that's a recipe for healthy conversations as well. Um, but then if I'm totally honest, like there's so much benefit to having the capacity to connect with people worldwide. And there's so much 100%. like- you know, um, you know, and, and, and for collective action and for making change and for like standing up to things by, you know, bringing people from around the world together. And so, um, yeah, so I get like wrapped up in this whole 
should we, shouldn't we, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine, um, he came over for, um, you know, a play date with my son and, and, um, and he's a new dad and he was talking about his kids and he was like, you know, do we just, part of me just wants to like shut down technology and just Mm. not have anything Mm. going forward. Mm. And then, but he was like, but that also probably isn't going to solve the problem. It's not going to solve the issue. Right. Like we still, we, and, and so my, and his, and he's an educator as well. So like our kind of like touch point for, you know, connecting with each other was like, what if we just educated, you know, young boys, how to use pornography? What if we just educated young people in general, how to use social media, right? Rather than like going, you can never use it and it's terrible and it's horrible and just fill fill them with fear right? and put them in that combative state. What if you go, hey, here's all the pros of it. Here's all the cons of it. Here's how to navigate this appropriately. Here's how to do things, you know, to make sure, here's how to self-regulate when a a comment on social media triggers you. You know, here's here's the education piece, which I think is drastically missing from, you know, I, I don't see anyone educating about how to use social media in a healthy way. You know, that doesn't seem to exist for me, um, no. at least in what I've looked. And I don't see it happening for young kids either. I am. Um, <laughs> awesome conversation. Love it. Seems to be way off sex, but at the same time, <laughs> not not really. You know, it's like it. And I think for me, it showcases where things start and where things can end up. You know, and it's just like we're talking about the the expression and suppression of of and and judgment and compartmentalization of male sexuality is where we started and the conversation has naturally led to the evolution of human consciousness and the planet that we live on and it's like because let's be honest sex is like ultimately we're here for sex we are here to procreate and continue the evolution of the human species that's kind of the point of being able to make love and being able to have sex obviously again with the tantric practices it can be so much more than that as well or it can be that and not so much more, but it can be that and. Um, but I, I remember writing a post a little while ago and I want to—I just want to read you a section of it because I feel like it ties into everything you were just talking a little bit. And so it just goes, why men over-dominate? Uh, a boy or a man without a father or a mentor is like a warrior without a king. He has no direction. He has no purpose. He has no guidance. He becomes lost, wondering, searching, looking for something to give his energy to. Um, masculine energy is here to serve. It is the purpose of the masculine. And when there is no purpose, when there is no faith, when there is nothing worthy to fight for, the masculine dies. And I won't go on, but like that was, that's the opening thing. And, you know, I truly believe that, that, that men have served forever. That's what, like, if you look at the history of humanity, men have always been in service to, um, the, the 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 king the or to god or to the mission or to the evolution of the city or the town or the you know they've, they've gone to war for the country like men have always been of service for the evolution and for the protection of the way life is you know and obviously it's usually a gendered thing and in the recent you know 20 30 years we've seen a shift in that of like well women can can be of service too in the same capacity that the men have been in service and it's not that the women have never been in service i don't believe that i believe the women have always been in service also doing what they do right and it's only like again the last 20 30 years where we've seen a shift in well now we're we're starting to blend the roles and look i don't have an issue with it if a woman wants to go to work and be the bread provider go for it you know the man wants to be stay at home dad go for it but what I love about what I just shared is like when 
and you were talking about, you know, teaching young children how to use social media, how to watch porn. How, it's like giving them empowerment. And that's what, you know, that's the thing. It's like when a boy doesn't have a father or a, or a man doesn't have a mentor, when there is no one guiding the development of this young man through his evolutionary process, we want to be of service. We want to give, we want to do something. And when we don't have the thing to give it to, that's when we just fucking get chaotic and go lost and find something to fight for. And, and we just look for something. We're looking for a fight. And the fight isn't, I don't believe, to be better and to dominate and to kill and destroy, but it's just something to devote our life to, to give us a meaning. Um, you know, I have this concept that when a man looks back at where he came from, he was birthed out of a woman. And that's not who he is. He's, he's not a woman. He looks at the woman and goes, that's, that's not me. And okay, he can look at his dad and go, well, that's me, but I didn't come from him. So, so then how do I be that? Whereas when a woman looks back, she goes, well, that's, that's what I was birthed from. That's what I am. That's where I come from. That's what I do. Now, this is going to potentially you know, be wrong for gender fluid, non-binary humans. And I'm okay with that. Uh, I'm not trying to be exclusive. I'm just trying to speak from this, you know, from, from my belief and from the more heteronormative, where, what are men, where do they come from and where do they continue to go? And so, you know, we talk, it talks, everyone talks about having a purpose. What is your purpose? You know, find your purpose to the extent where it can also be a stressor where men go, well, I don't know what my purpose is. And now I just shut down and close. Um, and what do they do? They seek comfort in all the unhealthy or let's potentially say potentially unhealthy um, habits and, and, you know, like porn and weed and video games and all that type of stuff. So yeah, I, th I just wanted to read it and I, you know, as a father to a two-year-old who is going to be raising a, a young boy. And we were talking before about how do you raise a boy? How do, how do you, you know, teach him about technology? How do you teach him about sexuality and porn and go, you can't protect him forever. You've got to give him the tools to, to live life. And then at some point trust that he can handle himself and that he will come to you when he needs to come to you for the support and guidance. Um, but yeah, just, I guess your thoughts on, on all of that. Yeah. I, um, Look, I, I like this idea of um, servitude or being in service. Maybe is a better, um, sure, yeah, better way of thinking about it. Um, but I also like, you know, as you were saying that, I was like, and not not necessarily to push back, but like to offer some more nuances. Like, you know, a lot of men were conscripted into mm. going to war. You know, sure. a lot of men were, uh, you know, slaves to to fight for their king right like there was it was they didn't really have a choice um yeah. they, they were kind of forced into doing it and so part of me is like gee i wonder as just like a thought experiment how many if we're given the choice would have chosen to maybe you know stand up against the king or to stand up against the government that was you know making them be shipped off to war you know um mm. rather than fighting for the country maybe fighting against the the powers that be Mm. Um, and maybe exploring or expressing that masculine urge to fight or to like be on purpose, but just in the reverse sense. Um, and I often think about that with regards to like, you know, the, the ideas of like protecting and providing for, you know, for men, which I don't see as inherently bad things like to protect and provide is, you know, and that that's oftentimes framed as like being very traditionally masculine. Right. And so, and I don't, I don't, disagree I, I think it's a good thing to for for you know a, a husband or a father to protect and to provide but i i, I think that the definitions is what needs to change right the protecting 
of your family or the protecting of your children looks very different today than it did 100, 200, 1500 years ago, right? That, that, that what you need to do to protect your children today is maybe equip them with emotional literacy, right? Yeah. To, to navigate the, the world around them, maybe to educate them about technology, right? The stuff that you know, is really important for their protection and safety in this world, right? To protect themselves against other things. Um, same thing with providing, providing probably even like 50 years ago, 60 years ago, providing had to look like being the breadwinner of the house, that very like, you know, trad con 1950s husband that went out and worked while the husband, while the wife, you know, stayed home and cooked. Like we don't have to do that today. We mm. can still provide, but it doesn't have to mean financially providing. It doesn't have to mean, mm. you know, um, it, it could be providing emotional support. It could be providing guidance to your children. It could be providing the uh, psychological support that your wife needs if she's the person who is the breadwinner of the family, right? If you're a stay-at-home dad, you're providing that nurturing that your kids fucking need, right? As a father. Um, so I think the definitions of protecting and providing, and I, there's another one as well. I think there's another P, there's like three P's, mm. but I forget who fucking talks about it. Um, but but that's what I always see is like, when they, whenever they're talking about it, it always seems to be like this, you know, quote unquote, traditional mm. way of thinking about it. It's like, well, we don't live yeah. in that world anymore. And we don't need to live in that world, at least in my opinion. So, yeah. um, so that's like the first thing that came to mind. Um, I don't even know what you asked me. I just wanted to jump straight into that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, you know, I think about my son, right. I think about like educating him around things and, um, and I don't know the answers, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm so not, I've got no fucking idea to be totally honest with you. Um, and I don't think uh, many parents do uh, when they mm. become parents. Uh, so I'm, I'm open to like, you know, learning about what that'll look like over the next 10 to 15 years as my son kind of becomes a, a, a teenager, becomes an adolescent and like supporting him in like his exploration of his masculinity um, as he you know, becomes a young man. Uh, mm. And, um, and, and, and that'll look very different to what I did when I was a teen, you know, and, mm. and it'll look very different to what my dad did when he was a teen and what he was, you know, the framework that he had for when he was raising me. And so, um, yeah, I'm just uh, like, part of it is like a little bit daunting. Um, but the other part of it is like, well, I'm doing the work. So um, if I can hopefully foster an environment where my son feels comfortable coming to talk to me about things, you know, one mm. strategy that I'm going to do is like leave sex positive books around you know that are age appropriate for him you know he's got a book now which is like and you know this might trigger some people that like don't like to talk about sex and kids but like a sex positive book for a child is for example it isn't rude to be new which is mm -hmm. a um it's a art like it's got artistic depictions of bodies and it says the word penis in there it says the word vulva in there right and the whole idea is like it's your body. You're, you're allowed to celebrate your body. Like here's the names of your body. Like that's what sex ed is for kids. Mm. Like, my son knows how to say the word penis. It's like one of the fucking, I don't know how many words he says, 500 words that he knows how to say as a, you know, two year old. Um, and one of them is penis because he has a penis. He's seen my penis and he goes, he points penis. and he's like, what, what the fuck's that? You know? Mm. So, but like that freaks people out, you know, mm. um, to, to, to like to, to even talk about it and so and i and i feel tension when i'm talking like i am very reluctant to talk about that online wow because i know there's like a significant portion of people that will if slander you tell you it's wrong we'll, yeah yeah we'll say i'm grooming or sexualizing my child right which yeah. is fucking which is a whole nother conversation but i don't want to get into that yeah um, but 
fucked but like up. That's that's what I want to do is like foster foster my my child's like um, comfort with me to to talk about things, right? Like, and if he's and and so if he you know finds a book that I leave for him, which is about consent, right? C is for consent, which is mm-hmm. just talking about like, hey, if someone wants to hug you, make sure they ask you before they do that, right? Like, or um, if you want to hug someone else, make sure you just ask them before you hug, right? And if they say yeah. no, respect that. Yeah, it's pretty much that basic. Um, and like, if he goes, if he has a question about that, hopefully I fostered up an environment where he's like comfortable actually talking about it. Same thing. If, if, if a friend at school shows him porn and I've created an environment where he can come to me and be like, Hey dad, I watched this thing at, at school really confused me. Like it was really, you know, I didn't know what to do. Or maybe it was like, dad, it really excited me. I'm, I'm like concerned. Like I was, it was like really you know, exciting. Mm. Um, Hopefully I've created, you know, throughout the first 10 years of his life, uh, mm. an environment where he feels comfortable coming to me with those things. Mm. And that's where I see a lot of like, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of fear around, you know, especially dads and, and parents being like, you know, what do I do with my, my kid? What if he get, what if he does this? What if he learns this, you know, at school, he's going to be teaching that. It's like, firstly, there's got to be an environment where your, your son feels comfortable coming to talk to you about this sort of stuff in the first place. And if you're not fostering that, then of course I can understand the fear. Um, mm. And I, I feel that a little bit, you know, but, um, but I, I'm much more confident that because we're doing all this stuff with him now and feeling like we're creating that environment for him, that he's going to be much more conducive to, to opening up those conversations later on. Yeah. That's beautiful, Cam. Um, all right. I've got two questions that I want to summarize with. I feel like we could obviously just, fucking talk for for days um firstly uh how does a man become an advanced man in relationships like what are three steps or three tools or three things that you could give a man to become an advanced man within relationships or within his own sexuality yeah uh so you spoke about purpose before i'm gonna uh i'm gonna you know offer something a little bit different but is to find your passion what Mm. are you fucking passionate about like what like purpose is all well and good and you can be on purpose and you can have like this meaningful direction in your life but what is it that brings you fucking joy what is it that brings you like aliveness what is it that like lights you up fills your cup up makes you feel good in your body is pleasurable for you is enjoying for you like find that and like you can apply that in a different way to different contexts like if you're looking for a relationship if you're trying if you're dating you're trying to find someone who you want to share your life with meet them whilst you're doing that thing right like sure enough if they're as passionate about as you are there's going to be a connection there right or if you're in an existing relationship and you're like i don't know i can't answer that question i don't know what my passion is give yourself some space to start exploring that Mm -hmm. right a lot of times and and i fall into this trap with my my wife like we just spend every waking moment together because we both work from home we've got an out we've got a little child there's like no opportunity to separate do our own things that fill us up that we're passionate about and then come back together and like talk about those things or like share our passions with our partner because we just don't we haven't done that right and and for contextual reasons but like if you're in a relationship and you want to like bring some more spark and some more like sexual dynamism and chemistry back into the relationship sure purpose is you know gonna help like i i I say purpose is good for attraction but passion is good for chemistry. You're trying mm. to bring that aliveness back in. Go and do something that makes you feel fucking juiced up and passionate and like alive. Bring that energy back into the relationship. That's what's going to bring, you know, bring that spark back. Beautiful. Beautiful. Love it. Um, all right. And the last question. In it, when, when you are 80 years old or 90 years old, 
uh, what's the thing you want to be able to look back and be most proud of? Oh man. Um, mm. I think the, like, I want to be remembered for contribution, you yeah. know, like that's the big thing that comes to mind is, is contributing not only to like the work that I'm doing, the stuff that we've been talking about on this podcast, like being known as someone who contributed like a, you know, beneficially positively, uh, and intellectually to like this space. But like when it comes to my family as well, like contributing to their growth and development, like I, I challenge my partner to do things, right? I know because of the way that I am, I'm going to challenge my son to do certain things. Mm. Um, so contributing to like their development, their growth, their success in the world, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking this is so off topic, but I'm thinking like generational wealth wise and stuff like that, like contributing to their generational success. There's like this really beautiful proverb from, um, you know, first nations American, which is like, think seven generations ahead. Right? Mm -hmm. So don't just plan for your son plan for your sons, 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 right? Like have that forethought to be like, how am I contributing in that direction? So, um, that's what I want to be remembered for is, is the, the amount of stuff that I contributed. Yeah, that's beautiful. I think there's a, a quote from, I can never remember whoever says, and I should really learn, or should really learn to remember these things. Um, but the, the future will prosper when men plant trees, for which they they never sit under the shade of or something like that you know and it's mm. it's i'm gonna i mean i probably absolutely destroyed that <laughs> quote but um yeah you know like the future will blossom when men plant trees for which the shade they will never see or never sit under and it's like again exactly what you said sit, think of the generations ahead of you as opposed to your own generation um mm. cam absolute pleasure thank you so much for jumping on man um I can't believe we went where we went <laughs> where we yeah, yeah, compared to where we started that conversation, man. Abs, no, it was great. It was great. You know, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a topic and a theme that I actually love talking about. And to be honest, you know, if this is the advanced man podcast, then that's, that's, that's what advanced men talk about. You know, it's not just solely focused on one topic. So I'm, I'm really happy that it went there. Um, I'm by no stretch am I calling us advanced men, but if people were to say that we are, then, you know, I do believe that, you know, talking about the the bigger things, not just how do men get off or why do men get off, which is a theme, but also where, where does that lead to? And I think we we went there, which was great. So thank you so much, brother. Absolute pleasure. Uh, how can anyone get in contact with you? Yeah, brother, there are two things uh, would be social media. I'm at the Cam Fraser on all of my social media accounts. And then my website, which is cam-fraser.com. And just thanking you, man, for inviting me on to have a conversation and to just see where it went. Absolutely, man. My pleasure. We'll have to get you back on in a couple of months and see where we're at. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you very much. And uh, everyone, if you like this uh, this episode, please hit the follow button, press the like button, share it with anyone that you uh, that you know that is in your field. Um, it's available on all of the uh, all of the channels: Spotify, Apple, Google, all the things. Um, thank you very much. Goodbye.